sisters, listen closely. Finding out he's the one can sometimes feel like traveling through a desert of uncertainty. I mean, every time you feel like you've reached an oasis, it ends up being a mirage. As your resident sister and friend, here are five common red flags that you need to steer clear away from. First up, if he's asking for your phone number straight off the bat, but not your dad's, well, that's a major red flag waving in your face. Next, if he's hitting you up with texts and calls late at night, you better believe he's not serious and chances are he won't respect your boundaries. Watch out for those put down disguised as sarcastic banters. You know, the ones that make you the butt of the joke. It's time to show him the door. And oh, if he's more interested in hearing himself talk than listening to what you have to say, girl, that's a sign you need to run in the opposite direction. And let's not forget the classic line, my ex was crazy. Yeah, right. If he's mouth-mouthing his ex left and right, chances are he's the one with the issues. And those are just the obvious red flags. Let's help you uncover what's really hiding underneath the surface with Vibe Check, the ultimate prompt card game for meaningful connections. Crafted with deep respect for Islamic traditions, Vitech goes beyond the surface, allowing you to discover the essence of your potential life partner's faith, character, and aspirations. With eight thoughtfully crafted categories and 135 thought-provoking questions, Vitech ensures a comprehensive understanding of your potential spouse, from values and ambitions to personal quirks and preferences. I mean, skip the surface-level discussions and dive straight into what truly matters. Visit our website, www.thedigitalstory.com now and take the first step towards finding your righteous partner. Your journey to marital bliss begins here. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. It's your girl, Kaz. I'm back again like a heart attack. Actually, uh, <laughs> let's not say heart attack. We don't want a heart attack. So this week, I invited a very good friend of mine. She's somebody I've always admired. Um, and I met her, you know, right in the uh, beginning journey of like, you know, getting close to God and stuff. And, um, and I was going through a really particular weird phase where I was trying to figure out what it is I wanted to do. And I was going through a really hard time. And I remember, like, he I was always this person that was, like, unapologetic herself. And she was a mom of four. And she was living her best life. I mean, well, I mean, everyone appears like they're living their best life. But she was always a very optimistic person. And I remember I was going through, like, a rut. You ever had that kind of friend where, like, you might not hear from in a while, but then they'll reach out to you. And they'll always come through for you at that moment. Or, like, whether that be giving you advice or, like, show up for you. It was like that. Like, he yeah, was always that person that, like, would message me. And I'm sure to her, it was like, oh, let me just check on um, Adar. But for me, it was like, she was, like, you know, messaging me. And she was asking about me at a time where I felt like, you know, like I needed to talk to somebody. And I had a very, and, and he has always been, like, for, like, like that for me. So, um, I mean, if he did that for me, you know, I know she's going to do that for all my listeners. So I had to invite her. Like, I had to, had to, had to invite her. Um... So she can, you know, breathe life into you. All right. We have Hiab in the building. I'm super excited. Okay. Um, so Hiab, like all stories, we're going to start from the beginning. 
so tell us a little bit about who you are. Like, what's your background? And obviously the pre-story if you have. So go ahead. Right. Tell me a story. <laughs> okay, bismillah. First, I just want to say assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Jazakallah khair. Bismillah. So, hey, I, I don't know if you know this about me, Adar. I was born in Vancouver, BC. No, you weren't. Yes. <laughs> what? <laughs> What? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a true. I'm not a true girl from the six. Sis, you've been lying to us. Uh, you what no one ever heck? asked me those. That's crazy. <laughs> I I don't know why I assumed you were born in Toronto. No, I was born in Vancouver, BC. Alhamdulillah. Upper upper class Canada. Alhamdulillah. <laughs> my mother, um, my sister was actually born in um, Saskatoon, and um, then my mother came to to BC because I guess that's where all the Ethiopians uh, were. And um, um, so my background, I'm I'm, I'm Ethiopian. I um I grew up in Toronto. Um, uh, I grew up uh, a Orthodox Christian. Um, I went to uh, Catholic school actually for a good portion of my life. Wow! <laughs> and um, by grade six, um, I o- very openly told my mother that um, I was I didn't feel that um, I you know not to say that I wasn't learning much, but it, I d- I just didn't feel like the environment was right for me. And so she said, okay, complete grade six in um, a Catholic school. And for grade seven and grade eight for middle school, she put me in a public school. Mm-hmm. And this is my first um, public school experience, I guess you can say. And subhanAllah, um, I, when I attended this public school, I was exposed to, of course, uh, people from all religions and all walks of life. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, also that same time as well, she started to take us. So we, all, we grew up att- attending Catholic church, the Catholic church. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, after, once I started going to public school, I don't know, you know, I, I don't know where we were all the years before that or why she, what her reason was for not taking us to the Orthodox Church before that, but she started to take us to the Ethiopian Orthodox Church. Um, and this is where I was able to sort of learn more about um, Christianity, you can mm-hmm. say. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, as a general thing, um, she, my mother was born um, in a, she, sorry, she was raised, uh, she attended boarding school her entire for her entire life. She was not able to um, uh, attend, you know, the Ethiopian Orthodox Church, just as, you know, her cousins and other family members um, attended. And uh, this, um, you can say, impacted her because she was not as knowledgeable within the Orthodox Christianity. Uh, she was not as knowledgeable as the, those around her, basically. Um, the only time she attended, you know, church, for example, was um, for major holidays, Okay, and um, uh, so now she's raising my sister and I here. She raises she raises Adar mm-hmm. upon just being conscious of Allah, mm. of God. When we woke up and wake up in the morning, she would tell us, "Hey, you know, thank thank God for allowing you to wake up today. You know, before you eat, bless your food." You know, mm-hmm. when you come home from school, before you sleep, thank God for the, the day that he gave you, you know. And this is what she raised me upon. She never taught me the Bible. She never quoted, you know, verse from the Bible here and there. My knowledge even on Christianity was very, very limited. It increased a little tiny bit more, you can say, when we started going, um, attending the Ethiopian Orthodox Church. And so this is where, you know, um, I was able to uh, see Ethiopian Orthodox Christians now be exposed to them more. I actually, you know, I would fast with my mother <laughs> um, on Mondays and Thursdays and whenever um, the, the different fasting periods took place throughout the year, whether it was Easter and whatnot. Um, and I would say, like, growing up, I absolutely was not a sp- spiritual or religious I was just your average Toronto gal. You're just chilling. <laughs> chilling. Chilling. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and so, um, but my mother, like I said, even if her knowledge was so limited, subhanAllah, her faith was so strong. Her spirituality was so, so strong. Alhamdulillah. Nevertheless, um, I spent two years at this high school. Uh, my, some of my closest friends were Muslim. Uh, one of my, um, 
closer, uh, was, she wasn't my closer friend, actually. She's one of the older sisters um, that attended this high school. She would invite me to join uh, MSA. May Allah bless her. I'm still I friends mean. with her until today. She would always take me into MSA. When I went into MSA Adar, they would feed me. Yeah. <laughs> like, yep. you know, like I would just be uh, there. That's how you but get to people's hearts, to their stomach. Absolutely. <laughs> but subhanAllah Adar, believe it when I say that there was still that line. There was still that blindness there was still that i just it still islam still wasn't made clear to me mm-hmm. even if i was in the msa listening to everything that they said to me it, th- there was still something that wasn't connecting the dots for me um in grade 10 uh i i met a group of people who were from another church um, another um, sect of christianity it's called uh, uh they're pen- they were pentecostal and um i heard one of the um i believe he was a pastor if i'm, if I'm not mistaken he was on stage and you know exclaiming like you know if you know the prophet moses and the pro- and this prophet and that prophet if they experienced the tests and the trials that they're experiencing and they still had that uh, you know this degree of faith in god you know what are your tests compared to theirs you know why do you think that what you're experiencing why do you why do you allow what you're experiencing to push you away from god and he was just so passionate on the stage and i never understood like faith or god or i never had an understanding until that moment it was really crazy it was a huge turning point in my life for me the way he was talking about the prophets just really there was like someone punching me in my stomach Mm. and in particular just about this relationship with god having a relationship with god being someone that um turns to him and and not allowing your tests to be things that bring you away from him i went on my knees that day i was um maybe 15 or 16 years old i was crying my ass out that night uh, that day wow at this conference it was a huge conference christian conference and um another thing that's that struck me about these groups this this large this, these these youth at, that attended this church they were they knew about their book they were so educated they they were so knowledgeable when it came to their book yeah and so i wanted to know more about christianity as well because of this this is when i would say uh, I started taking these. Um, I I started to discover God more. I started to feel. I started to actually crave a relationship with Him, and and I never I never experienced like faith or you could say iman, right? Mm-hmm. And th- I've never felt that. I've never I never had these feelings that I was having um, at at that moment. What I did was um, I just started doing my own research, and I you know I read about uh, every religion, but I never read about Islam. Yeah, <laughs> Subhanallah. Subhanallah. The one thing that I was just looking for, I know for certain that year within that year, it, I was sixteen years old. That was the year that I, I turned sixteen. Mm-hmm. I was just looking for a relationship with God. I don't know where this this feeling came from. I don't know where this, but it, it came. So for a whole year, I was just looking for this relationship. And now um, I'm in high school, I'm in grade 10, mm-hmm. uh, going to MSA, seeing the Muslims, seeing how they conduct themselves, seeing uh, just everything around me. They pray in the hallway. I have like vivid like um, memory. I have a vivid memory of the Muslims that were around me. But like I told you, I was just in darkness. It was just not clear to me. You know, like nothing was clear to me at this point. But what was clear to me that there was a God did exist. And I, and, and I was just looking for this relationship with them, period. Hiyab's mom was um, co-workers and best friends with a Muslim woman. And she had two daughters, and Hiyab's, obviously Hiyab's mother had two daughters as well. And so they grew up together, were very good friends. So basically, Hiyab's uh, mom's friend would always invite Hiyab and her sister out to the conference, the Journey of Faith conference. For those who don't know what the Journey of Faith is, it's actually really, I think it's a conference like no other, in my humble opinion. I say that because... The Journey of Faith Conference was an Islamic conference, 
but the audience was filled with Muslims and non-Muslims alike. Like, it was a conference you could bring your friend Brandon, your friend Ashley, your friend Brittany. Um, you could go. It was like a link up a little bit. It wasn't like, it wasn't like, oh, this is a Muslim zone area. Like, this is only for Muslims. It was kind of like, you'll bring everybody. Like, this is a, this is a community event. And so Journey Faith had that, like, Genesee Quad, like, it had that kind of, like, atmosphere where, you know, everybody can come, and it was very inviting. It was that event. Like, everybody went. Everybody came out for it. Everyone anticipated it. It was always something everyone looked forward to each and every year. So he, his mom was like, that's it. My friend has been asking guys to join them to the conference, and every year you say no, but this year, you're not going to embarrass me. <laughs> you're going to go. You're going to accept the invitation. And you're going to enjoy yourself. But you can imagine he was a little annoyed because obviously it was her birthday weekend. Who's trying to spend their birthday weekend at a conference? An Islamic conference too. But you're not really, you know, like too into about. Like you're not really too into. So obviously, you know, he had being a great daughter. She went. Her sister went to the Journey of Faith. Day one of Journey of Faith came. And it was an absolute joke thing. Me and my sister. I don't know about my sister. Yeah, she did her too. I wore a hijab, Adar. You were no, you didn't. I swear. It was just a joke thing. We were just we we're just like, yo, let's just <laughs> Yo. Guess what I wore a hijab with though? What, what did you wear with, please? Some tight Levi's jeans. Bye, 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 bye. And bye, a bye. little crap. <laughs> Bruh. You said it's not a problem. I just do that hijab on. I love it though. And um yeah, when when we checked in, when we signed in to um to to the conference, yeah, there's a non-Muslim section, yeah, and so we had to, our, my sister and I had to go through there, yeah. and the girls there, I don't know, they they didn't believe that my sister and I were Muslim. They were just like, you guys are Muslim. We're like, no, because obviously we're visibly South African, yeah. right? And so they just thought we were the other Habshi Muslim guys. Yeah, yeah. And um, we went day one. So usually, uh, Journey of Faith has three days. And by the way, before this, right? Let me just rewind a, l- a little, a little bit. Before Journey of Faith came. I was going, I was reading one about one religion to the next, to the next, to the next, okay? And then it got to a point where I didn't find myself, and I couldn't find myself. I couldn't find what I was looking for. Couldn't find the relationship I was seeking. Couldn't find, I, could, I just, I didn't find anything. The conclusion I came to, though, my mother helped me with this, too, because she would always tell me, hey, it doesn't matter where you pray, who, just pray to God. It matters who you pray to, but it doesn't matter where you pray, whether it's at home or in the church, just pray to God. Worship God. She just had a very strong faith in believing God. She knew he carried her to this point to raise my sister and I on her own. She knew that her is like, literally, like, was, was, whatever she had, it was from him. And she would tell us this. She would say, you guys, I'm not the richest world in the life, world, the woman in the world. If you guys were to die, I don't know what I would have for you. But I have what I've given you guys. And like it was her morals and her values and her that spirituality and that level of faith and that love of God that I've witnessed from her all my life. And like I said, I the reason why I just wanted to rewind was because like whoever is listening to this and knows me from those days, you I did would not consider myself to be a spiritual religious person at all. Either. I was in a whole other world. So the fact that I was on this journey of spirituality, of not even self not even to discover myself, but to just discover God and to have that relationship with him, it's it even shocks me and surprises me. Yeah. And, and to think of who I was at the time also, it's just crazy. You can, all I have to say is never judge a book by its cover. Literally, never, never judge a girl how you see her. Mm-hmm. I may have been in, dressed in how everyone knows me to be dressed yes, in. You're skinny you know? jeans. Absolutely. Booty yeah. shorts and things. Yeah. But um, <laughs> that 
that absolutely was just my outer um that was just my outer shell my outer that was the outside of me mm-hmm. and not no one knew what i was experiencing inside of myself even in high school all the muslims that were around me they didn't know i'm sure all the da'wah they gave me all the things that they were doing they didn't realize the impact that i was gonna have on me later on i'm pretty sure yeah but anyways, fast forward now to the conference. And, um, I, I, you know, I consider myself to be a good daughter to yeah. have gone there when yeah. I could have been celebrating my birthday. No, it's my birthday really, weekend. You could have really, really flopped and said, nah, Absolutely. that's insanity. And um, alhamdulillah, day one was, was, was good. Day two, same thing. We just went to listen. Third day comes. Um, uh, by the way, uh, there were a lot of uh, youth from my high school that were <clears throat> volunteering for this conference mm-hmm. and um, uh, attending the conference. And there were even non non-Muslims from this high school that I attended that uh, were also at this conference uh, I remember there was a non-Muslim Q&A session that took place and um, subhanAllah there was um, uh, a boy in that room who was probably one of the most popular kids um, in our school I won't lie I was pretty popular out there in Yo, high school I was provide? pretty known <laughs> <laughs> you were popping no, in you not were, that I was not don't tell me you were like Regina George I was I, I, no y'all can call me whatever you want to okay I wasn't known up in there okay I love it you know what I'm not surprised because you're so bubbly and so friendly I, I, I totally believe it and alhamdulillah and um, sometimes you don't ask for these things sometimes they just, it just happens it just happens you, 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 you just become popular <laughs> exactly it just, I unfortunately was not the popular girl but you know what I, I love it you absolutely are now though you're our favorite girl now. <laughs> and um, he was in that room and so this is a non-Muslim Q&A session it had um, brother Abdurrahim Green and I can't remember who the other mm. Sheikh Abdurrahim Green I don't know who the other Sheikh was I can't remember right now who was in there but he was absolutely in there mm-hmm. and we were in a room with him recently uh, I was, yes, yeah, and I told him I guess was like, what it's yeah. so funny just side note we were on uh, Clubhouse Sheikh Abdurrahim Green was on was a moderator no he was in the room with us he was in the room and you were shocked I was, sho- I was crying like, and I was like why because I don't know your story right yeah. you're like Sheikh not green. Yeah. I said, what? but you're going to tell us yes. why, but yes. continue, inshallah. So we're in this room, and the sisters that brought me to the conference, the two sisters, the Muslim sisters that I grew up with, they're also in the room with me, um, sort of pushing me. Everyone actually is in that room saying, like, even the, the kids, that the, the youth, that the teens, my, the, my friends that were from my high school, they were also in that room. Brothers, there was a brother's side and there was a sister's side. Um, and everyone's like, hey, ask questions, ask questions. And I'm like, honest, you guys, like, I'm just listening. I'm just here to listen. And um, I'm here for a good time, not a long time. Exactly, right? And I was sitting there just um, thinking. Uh, I, there were things that I wanted to know about Islam, but like I said, like I did, like there was such a strong disconnect. There was something that just was not connecting, not making sense. Not there was just a strong disconnect. Okay, mm-hmm. so I had no actual questions about Islam, but there were there were some things that were in the back of my head. But Subhanallah, Qadr Allah, every person that stood up to ask Abdurrahim Green a question. It was something that I had thought about. Mm-hmm. There were three questions that I remember. One, a male, like um, two males and a female, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, asked mm-hmm. these questions. One male got up and said, you know, why is it that, you know, in Islam, men pray one way and women pray another way? Another woman asked, you know, what are women's rights in Islam? Mm. Uh, and uh, I can't remember the third question, but these questions were questions that first the past uh, 11 years that I've been Muslim have absolutely, I, I've just, they've, they've stayed with me. You know, they were yeah. questions that they were, the way he answered too, by the way. You know Abdurrahim Green. He don't play. You don't play. He gives you straight. Straight, straight he cut. He gives them straight cut. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, okay, okay, subhanAllah, okay, all right. You know, just thinking, just okay. And um, we left the we left the session. Mm-hmm. Like, when I say Adr, I was just so... I was in another world, anyways. And we left the conference. We left the, that room. We went back to the conference. 
conference ended. Conference ended before it ended. Um, by the way, every year you know, uh, sorry, every day you know at the conference, people, people go on stage and take their shahada. Yeah. Sheikh Said Raghi goes on stage and says, we have another brother that's going to take it. Oh, we have another sister. Yeah, and and another and brother. That, I, think that's another what, sister. I think that's what made Journey of Faith so different because yes. it was like known for like yes. people were accepting Islam yes. like it was... It was a regular day. Yep. Like every, it was like every, they, it, it, they would stop lectures at moments. Okay, yep. we got somebody that's ready to accept Islam. Yep. yep. We got a lineup. We got mm-hmm, five mm-hmm, people. Mm-hmm. We got a family. <laughs> I'm like, whoa. And I feel like the the beauty of it was that Pete, like friends, Muslims yeah. would bring their friends with them that they knew grew up with them and that they yeah. knew were more becoming more inclined towards Islam. Yeah. They bring them with them, and this was their time for them to learn from the, like these shiuch, right? Mm-hmm. Who we highly regarded at the time and still now, um, and, and just listen to. And mm-hmm. just learn from, right? Mm-hmm. And so, um, subhanAllah, um, there was a, something that I wanted to share. And, you know, it, I remembered this like a few years into after I became Muslim. I think it was at a halaqa. Um, I shared this with one of the sisters that was there with me. Um, and we realized that, subhanAllah, uh, before the conference ended, uh, Sheikh Said Raghi told every, like, he was fundraising for the conference. And he told everyone, you know, he was, you know how, you know how our chefs go on stage when it's time for them to fundraise. He said, you know, I want you guys to just give whatever you have, whatever you have, just give it. Even if it's the only thing in your pockets, he said. Even if it's whatever you have, just empty your pockets mm-hmm. now for the sake of Allah. Mm-hmm. He he said, you never know how that's gonna come back to you. My sister and I, we literally looked at each other like this. We looked at each other, we smiled. <laughs> we knew we got that toonie in our pockets <laughs> and them Levi's jeans. <laughs> we got that toonie up in there. Okay, we took it out. The no. basket was circulating. Okay. And we put our our, our bus fare. Oh, okay, mashallah. We looked at each other. Throughout the conference, you know, um, we were absolutely being inspired. Yeah. Another point that I wanted to make was throughout the conference, I didn't feel like anything that the shiuch were saying was new. It sounded like what it's everything they were talking about was what my mother raised me upon. And we know the 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 um we know the similarities between Christianity and Islam. Mm-hmm. They exist. Mm-hmm. They absolutely exist, especially in their most uh, fundamental, mm-hmm. in their most like, uh, in their essence, mm-hmm. in their most, in their truest essence. Mm-hmm. They're both extremely similar, mm-hmm. um, and uh, nothing was new to me. That's why I wasn't impressed or like blown away by anything. When I say I was just there listening, I was really just there listening and observing. Mm-hmm. And uh, my sister and I, there were times that we were, you know, a bit emotional. But we were emotional when we gave our coins because we just were just like, let's just do this, you know? Mm-hmm. We didn't, I didn't even, we didn't know how it was going to come back to us. Absolutely not. We gave that last tune that was in our, our pockets, our bus fare. Our bus fare. By the way, we didn't know how we were going to get back to Scarborough yeah, from you, downtown. You didn't even know how you get home, but you said you were inspired to give. Yes, absolutely. And, um, the conference hadn't entirely wrapped up just yet, but we had to go. And mm-hmm. the family that we came with had to go as well. So we left with them. We were going up the, um, up the escalator. And um, the 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 hubbo, may Allah bless her, uh, and preserve her, the auntie. I mean, she right when there's two, you know how the elevators, the escalators are. Sorry, there's there's a, a flight and then a base and then another flight. After we got to the first flight, uh, the the end of the first flight, um, uh, actually while we were going up the escalator, she turned around, she looked at me, she said, "So Hayab, do you want to be Muslim?" And I had no words. I was just nodding my head like this. What? You want? You said yes. I was just nodding my head. I was just going this. What? She's like, "Hey, do you want to be Muslim?" I was just like, <laughs> nodding my <laughs> no head. No way. She said, "You want to be Muslim?" I could. I had no words. I was just nodding my head. She's like, "Hey, do you want to be Muslim?" And I said, "Yes." 
what we were leaving either you were you were leaving we were leaving the country and then uh, she asked she, she turned, turned to you she said on that hey yeah do, do you want to be muslim yeah what you never had any prior conversations absolutely none you had nothing she didn't even know how you were feeling she just decided nope. to turn to you and ask yep. hey <laughs> do you want to be muslim yeah and you nodded your head saying yes you're saying I yes nodding 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 what i found profound about the moment that the auntie turned to him and she said, do you want to become Muslim? Was that it, it's, you know, she asked the question like it's nothing. Like there wasn't none of that theatrics. There was no intervention. There was no sit down. It was like, sis, you, you, what do you want to do? <laughs> you want to become Muslim? Like, and it was, I love that. I love that genuineness and just why not ask? Why not? What's, why are we afraid? Yo, if you, like, like when you're a Muslim, you're a Muslim, you're cool. You know what I'm saying? But we live in a time where people hide their Islam because they're ashamed of it, because it isn't cool. Um, it isn't, like, trendy to be Muslim or to be outwardly practicing. But I found, like, I personally found that when people, like, people loved and respected me because of my faith, right? You know, I'm at the movie theater, I'm watching a movie, like an action film movie, and it's maqrib. You know movies that start in the middle of maqrib? And you're going, obviously, with your non-Muslim friends, so you have to leave in the middle of the movie to go pray maqrib. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I remember my friend turning to me and saying, you know, after the movie was done, she was like, you know, you know what's so crazy? That you guys are so dedicated to praying five times a day. Like, you will get up when the movie is good and the popcorn is sweet. And... But it's like for you, it's it's like for you guys, it's like, well, God is greater. Like it, and I was like, I never thought, like for me, it was like, this is something I have to do. This is how I maintain my identity being Muslim, right? Like I have to pray five times a day. But for her, it was like, yo, I'm impressed by your dedication um, by putting God first at all times. And I think that's the thing, right? I don't think Dawah isn't always in speech. Dawah's in action, in character, where you carry yourself and your principle, your values. It's you and your humanity. If you if people just embody the process of them in his character, bruh, like it would how could you not want to explore what that is? You know what I mean? Because it's so beautiful and so peaceful. And um and it centers because if you think about it, Islam is anti capitalism, it's minimalistic, you know, it's sustainability, it's about humanity. Well, like if you think about it like <laughs> Yo, like, we we live here, you know, for a short time, not a long time. And so we live like like a traveler. You know what I mean? Uh, we don't carry too heavy. We live very light. Our clothes are expensive. You know what I mean? We care about sustainability because this is God's green earth. And we're minimalistic because it's about, you know, being light, you know, and not being cluttered. And, like, you know, like, well, like, all of these uh, movements and, like, uh, it's funny because it's, like, these are all uh, Islamic principles. Like, we live very simple, very, you know, minimalistic, very sustainable, talking about, like, taking care of the earth and the environment and taking care of our neighbors and taking care of our, you know, ourselves, our body, our hygiene. I mean, like, for goodness sakes, we do wudu five times a day, you know, like, we wash our hands. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's crazy. And I, I know, know this, a lot of people think, sometimes we are afraid of becoming abrasive about our Islam. And so we um, overcompensate, so we don't say nothing about Islam. And that's also an extreme. 
You know what I'm saying? Because, like, obviously, who wants to be preaching to their friends 24-7? But you don't got to preach. That's the crazy part. You don't got to preach. You just have to be. Just follow the characteristics of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, and that is sufficient for da'wah. I was with some friends with me too. They're just like, she's gonna die if she doesn't take a shot now before she gets what? to the bottom of the escalator. Oh she has to get out of here. The humble, the oh auntie was like, what's wrong God. with these, these youths? You know what? These, these <laughs> Why are you so dramatic? She's like, it's okay, guys. We're gonna go back in. Yeah. And she's gonna take a shot. We're gonna tell Sheikh Said like the, 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 the youth that were from high, my high school, my, the teens, you know, all my friends. Yeah. They were running right. They were sprinting into sprinting the hall. Just to tell Sheikh Said Yep. And we it have... was still filled. It hadn't completely finished, by yeah. the way, right? Subhanallah. I walked back into the conference hall. All of y'all were there, by the way. Yeah. All of the West End, the East yeah. End, all the of Toronto whole, The was whole there. world was there. Yeah. And um, I went back into the conference hall. I was going up the stairs. So there's a, uh, there are stairs for the sisters to, to go up and then for guys to go on up. On the stage. There's, on the stage, yeah. And um, as I was going up those stairs, I'm, I, I go, I'm looking at the stairs so I don't trip and embarrass myself in front of 6,000 people. Oh, my God. I'm looking down. But when I look up, Adir, guess who's coming up on the other side? Who? That brother I told you is one of the most popular. He was the popular, like one of the most popular kids um, in our school. He was on, coming Boy. from the other side of the stage to take a shahada. Shut up! I swear, subhanallah. Wow! <laughs> and you were surprised. Of course, I was surprised. Oh my god! I mean, how would you feel if the most popular yeah, kid in your school, school yeah. or one of them at least, was approaching I, I, the stage I, just I, like I, you? At the same time, you're doing it. Yeah. That's insane. And I was just like, subhanallah. Allah inspires everyone, by mm-hmm. the way, in 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 His own way, right? Mm-hmm. And um. Even him, like, for, for, I speak for myself, but, you know, you look at something, you're just like, you would never think yeah. that they would be Muslim, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I went on the stage. Um, I got, uh, there's there's a video on YouTube, it's really funny, but I got a little too close to the sheikh, and he's just like, oh, he just, you could see him moving away from, <laughs> from me. <laughs> and um, um, uh, he, I, I took my shahada at that point. And um, I testified that, Allah is one and that I am not going to I I will not worship other than him and that the Prophet Muhammad is the final messenger and subhanallah in that moment I felt like like this weight was lifted from me it's mm. just like a mountain something that was on my shoulder was lifted from me at the same time Adar my knowledge and understanding of Islam was extremely limited but one thing that was made absolutely clear to me at that conference was that Muslims worship Allah alone. Okay? We believe in all the other prophets. We respect them. We love them. Isa alayhi salam, Maryam mm. alayhi salam. We, we love them. We respect each and every one of them, but we don't worship them. That was made clear to me. And I think throughout that journey that I had, throughout you know the 12 months prior to that point, the year prior to that point, I was just looking for something that was just going to lead me directly to God, that would allow me to just have a direct relationship with him. After I took my shahada, my sister, she was standing next to me. And my sister, she has developmental delays. And she asked me in that moment, it's very hard for me to share this, but I have to share it because, because I have to share it and I feel like I need to. She asked me, can I too? And because of my fear of her being special needs and the the community telling saying you just pulled her into something that she knows nothing about, yeah, yada, yada, yada. She didn't consent to. Exactly. I said, we're going to read about this religion together. And 
you will we will do it we will do it but not today you will do it but not today subhanallah and she's older than me by four years Mm -hmm. and um it bothered me so much later on like later on like years after it bothered me that i just didn't make her do it but once again because i had that fear even i don't know what my mom was going to say to me when i got home that night right (laughs) that's another conversation (laughs) that's a whole other conversation um but alhamdulillah Alhamdulillah. And so we left the conference. You know, I think, I don't know, I, I probably hugged a couple thousand sisters up in there. Yeah, stop Probably it. hugged your Adar. Yeah, you, it's something you couldn't do in COVID. Absolutely not. You know, subhanAllah. I hugged a couple thousand sisters that day, a couple hundred thousand, a couple thousand. And um, it was a very, very beautiful moment. Yeah. I went home. They, the family took me home. I knocked on the door. Boom, boom, boom. My mom opened the door. Mrs. Little Naive Hayab. Hayab, mm-hmm. boo-boo, Naive Hayab. Yeah. Hi, mom. <laughs> I became Muslim today. Oh my God. <laughs> my mom goes, be quiet. Shut up and get to your room. Your grandma's in the living room. Make sure you, so we don't, I don't want your grandma to hear. Oh my God. That, that was it. She wow. Just, that was it. She's like, I just don't want your grandmother to hear. Yeah. Go in your room. No guys, I know nothing. Okay. <laughs> that that following day I, was my 17th birthday. You you could accept this on your birthday? On the night of my birthday. On now, the eve. Wow. <laughs> wow. Allah did not want you to see your new year. Absolutely. Without being a Muslim. Wow, it's intense. What greater gift could I have there's been given not, than There's Islam? not a better gift on your birthday. I'm sorry. <laughs> Nobody can compete with that. No, absolutely not. Can I'll, you imagine your birthday gift from Allah was becoming Muslim? I can't. Like, until today, I ask my, I, I stopped questioning myself and questioning Allah, but I would ask myself, what did I do to deserve, to, to deserve Islam? Mm. I don't know what I did to, to me, this is a huge, to have Islam, to have Iman, to have Tawheed, is huge and i don't know what i did to deserve this what i did to be able to be given such a great gift but i said alhamdulillah for it so he has um sister in ethiopia called and requests that he have come to ethiopia to help her he have accepts and starts to pack pack to leave to ethiopia in the meanwhile he was learning how to pray um, from you know her mom's friend, um, and uh, she was learning the, like the the fundamentals of how to like the fundamentals of Islam, like how to pray, how to make wudu, how to make dua, um, and it worked out perfectly because they were providing her the utility to kind of practice her Islam while she was alone, and so um, graciously enough they gave her eight abaya as well, because Ramadan was also approaching and she'd be spending it there in Ethiopia. Unfortunately, it wasn't the ideal Ramadan, nor was it the ideal Eid. She spent Ramadan fasting alone, um, and she spent Eid alone. Um, Her sister did not want her to partake with other Muslims, and so it was a very lonely experience, a very lonely first Eid, first Ramadan. And my like my memory of uh, just Ramadan there was just being in a room on my own. Eid um, was so depressing because my sister would not let me go and pray Eid Salah with Subhanallah with a uh, sort of like a family friend aunt who offered to take me out to pray. But Alhamdulillah for the hubble, for the auntie that gave me that beautiful abaya, Eid abaya. I wore it, I prayed in the in my house. I was very, very emotional. In your room alone? In my room alone. You prayed Eid Salah by yourself? I prayed, I did Ramadan all alone and I did, prayed Salah all alone. 
Because she wouldn't let you go. She wouldn't let me go. What was I going to do? I can't, I can't leave the, you know, the compound. There's a guard that sits there with, his, with, with yeah. the dog at the bottom. Yeah, <laughs> can't, oh my God. Can't go nowhere, you know? Your first, um, you spent your first eat alone. Absolutely. One thing that I think made this, that journey and that, those days a little bit easier was even if, you know, I was facing hostility from uh, certain family members, my mother was extremely supportive towards me. And even if my mother um, didn't know exactly how to support me, she was still my mother, you know? Like, she still treated me like a mother would treat their daughter. She did not abandon me. She would still call me. She would still check up on me. And, subhanAllah, when you think about your life, it's like, what do you need really in life? What mm-hmm. matters most in life? Um, of course, having Allah. And, like, even if you don't have, even if I didn't have my own family that was supposed to be taking care of me, they're actually, you know, doing, supporting me in that state. My mother was just everything to me as well. Yeah, You know, and I'm very grateful for her and for having her at that time. And I'm also, I know that a lot of um, reverts don't have that, even that. They don't even have the support of their parents. Uh, And I ask Allah to make it easy for them because... um, just that that year too that I spent with you know my non-Muslim family, I know how hard it was, and and even if I spent the most of my life now with my mother here, and alhamdulillah that was easy, I I got to taste you know that hardship of being a revert and being around non-Muslim family. I got to taste that, and it's very very difficult. Um, and I don't, I never took me having a supportive mother, um, for granted in the sense where I always appreciated her and I always thanked Allah that He gave such a supportive mother to me because. That it's it that's huge, you know. Hiab was very fortunate, right? She had a she had a really supportive mom, you know. In other cases, you know, a lot of parents would not be you know too excited about the idea of your kid, um, you know, joining another religion, right? But Hiab's mom was was not only supportive, but when Hiab basically explained to her what was going on with her in Ethiopia, her mom told her, "Come home now, like come home right now." You don't have to experience that. And he yeah, just did that. She flew back home. And a, a, a year before um, I came to Toronto, so I stayed there for two years, right? The, 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 the second year was um, when I realized that things were getting really bad and that I might have to come back. This was also a time where, where I met... You met your husband. Yes, I met my husband. And, um, and this, at this point, you were just hoping to have more stability, Right. Absolutely. Yeah, right? You became Muslim. Mm-hmm. You had a, a really terrible time in Ethiopia. Yep. Your mom was like, this is not life. No. So you came back to Toronto, right? Yeah. And then you met him. Yes. And I'm sure he was, like, lovely. <laughs> you know, and um, and it, it was, it was going to provide you the life that, you know, you were hoping for as a Muslim unit. Yes. Right? I actually knew I was going to marry him before I came to Toronto. Oh, my God, really? Yeah. Like, I knew, like, okay, I was like... I'm gonna marry him. <laughs> yeah. And when I came to Toronto, um, I told my mother even before I left, I left Ethiopia, but she didn't believe me. Oh my god, that you're gonna marry the guy. <laughs> she didn't believe. I was like, yeah, I'm, when I go back to Toronto, I'm gonna marry this guy. Yeah. She did not believe me. You had conviction. Yeah. You just knew. I just knew. Yeah. I was. I. I was. I received a lot of support in like you know um in terms of my dean even yeah emotional and mm-hmm. you know when you're living with someone that's completely against you mm-hmm. alhamdulillah when i went to school i had my really close friends who mm-hmm. were there with me but um he offered that support yeah. to me during that time mm-hmm. and i think this was what obviously drew me towards him yeah um and alhamdulillah when, when i came back he also told his mother and his family yeah um and his mother was just like yeah okay no problem oh 
and um, she was very supportive towards him Inshallah. obviously from both sides when you're you know 19 yeah. your parents want you to go to school and they would prefer that you uh, take another route t- t- with life mm-hmm. but at the same time they know that okay if these two want to be together alhamdulillah be both our families allowed us to get married to, to get married hey, you're both 19 years old right I, I got married the year that I turned 21 if I'm not mistaken and so, alhamdulillah, very simple um, wedding. But, you know, a lot of people said it was probably like the best wedding they attended in Toronto. Um, and um, it was lit. And, you know, halal lit. Um, alhamdulillah. And I was very grateful for, for, for the fact that Allah allowed me to um, meet someone and do things the way that he wants us to do things. My mother raised me as a single mother. And um, e- even while I was wifing, you know, while I was being a wife, she would look at me and say like, how do you know how to be a wife? Yeah, who like you never <laughs> like you never saw like how, you know. And yeah. from what I've read from the books that I read, you know, after accepting Islam and you know from the lectures that I heard, you, there's a certain. It's it's not even about how do you be a wife, but it's more of like, um, she taught me how to treat people around me. She taught me how to be a good person. You know, she taught me how to respect. She told me she's the one that told me respect your neighbors, love your neighbors. Uh, being a wife was new, obviously. Um, it's just a completely new experience and um, I'm grateful that Allah allowed me to be able to hold on to myself bring myself along bring Hey Abubu along um, but still accept this new role that I've been given and I tell this I, you know, I, I tell this to moms you're still you you know you still have your identity yes mm-hmm. you just have you know a couple more titles yeah <laughs> you, you might have a couple more labels mm-hmm. but it's just think of it as like you know like um you're you're increasing in your you're, you're increasing in ranks you know you're not just that and this is not to say that there was a problem when you were just a, a girl a single girl this is not to say there's there is a, there there's an issue or there's a problem with just being single absolutely not but for you to now take these titles on it, it doesn't mean you forget about that girl it doesn't mean you put that girl behind you. And be, I'm a firm believer but that because I just now had to sort of resituate, resituate myself, learn to pick up on new skills. <laughs> no, you definitely picked up on new skills. <laughs> Learning how to Couple fix hundred. door knobs, starting on how to, uh, <laughs> you, know? you know, do some <laughs> labor work. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, this is not, uh, it's not, it's not taking, it's not going to take away from you. Mm-hmm. It's only going to increase you. And this is how I feel like we should look at um, being a wife and being a mother in particular even. Now I had kids. Once again, just got to resituate yourself. Just got to learn now. It's a learning curve for everyone, for me, for him, for the families. It's just, it's, everything is new. And alhamdulillah, Allah gave us, this is something that Allah has given us. So now it's about how are we going to, um, uh, what are we going to do with what he's given us? Mm-hmm. You know? Um, and, I, and I did what I could do. Yeah. And up until today, I believe that I did what I could do. Yeah, I did what I thought was, was within best. my capacity. I mm-hmm. I did what I thought was was best. Mm-hmm. He have got married, had four beautiful children, four beautiful daughters. Right before the birth of her last child, he have decided to end her marriage. Two things I stand by: my mental health and my iman. I can't let nothing affect these two things. And I knew that if these two things were going to be affected, then something needs to change in my life and that's when I took um, whatever happened happened Um, uh, I chose you know I realized of course being a single mom is absolutely not easy but if it's better for you and your iman and if it's better for you and your relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala 
then Stop fuddling. Let's then do hum- this. Then that's when it has to be done. Yeah. And you cannot compromise your Islam for anything in this dunya. No matter how much you love a thing, don't compromise it for Islam. Period. That's on what? Rabbil Alameen. Where my girls at? <laughs> and so, Alhamdulillah, that I've taken this new title on now that I have. Mm-hmm. I am a single mom and I have to accept that. You know? And Allah, and, and sometimes, what do we do? We look at our losses in life. Oh, yes. Matter of fact, we fixate on it. Why? I don't know. For some reason, it looks big, and it's just something you just can't stop looking at. You no. forget about your blessings. Subhanallah. Yeah. You can't do that. You harm yourself when you look at your losses. And I, um, it got to a point for me, like after my divorce, I remember the first like few months where I was just thinking about those losses and those decisions that I was making, and I was asking myself like, how could you? How, how, how? Why, why, why? Anger, anger, anger. Frustrations were... I was never... You got, y'all know me. I'm happy, happy, jolly, jolly. Yeah, I really are. You know? <laughs> and so I, I went to therapy. I did a whole summer of therapy. You went to therapy? I went to therapy. Ooh, girl, I want to go to therapy. Because I did not understand why I was feeling what I was feeling inside. Mm-hmm. I realized if I continue to feel this way, it's not going to be good for Hayab. Mm. It's not going to be good for Hayab's heart, mm-hmm. for Hayab's iman, mm-hmm. for Hayab's relationship with Allah. You know when you're when you're divorced now, I think everything becomes rocky. Everything is rocky. I could not. I and then of course my children. How could I raise mentally sound, emotionally sound children if I myself are not are not mentally sound and mentally stable? Mm-hmm. If I'm if I myself I'm do, if I'm angry, how can I raise happy kids? Yeah, subhanAllah. If I'm stressed though, how can I raise Calm kids, loving kids. I, I, you can't. You're lying to yourself as a mother if you think you ca- can give these kids something when from an empty cup. You can't, have, sisters. Mm-hmm. We all know. We all know this. We, you cannot pour from an empty cup. Absolutely not. And so I t- say this to everyone. And this was something that Allah guided me to coming across an Instagram post on therapy for separated and divorced Muslims. Shut up. So you saw an Instagram post? I that saw said... an Instagram, sto- like a post on someone's story. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know why I'm feeling this, but I need to, I need help. Yeah. I know I need help now. Was it something severe? It was not even serious. But I knew that I realized, oh, this is probably like the early stages of like how you feel in the beginning when you feel, you know? Yeah. And alhamdulillah for that because that was the greatest thing I did for myself. Yeah. That really allowed myself to, that really allowed me to understand, the therapist allowed me to essentially understand why I was feeling what I was feeling yeah. and how to cope with those feelings. Yeah. And halas, it was done after that. You, as, as a divorce, you constantly go through various phases of just emotions and feelings. Yeah, you go through, you're unpacking. Up for years. It's been yeah. two years now for me at yeah. least. And I think now, two years later, I feel... Like I'm like I feel like I'm back to almost back mm. to normal. Two years later, you know. Subhanallah. And it's, it varies for everyone. But one thing that I know for certain that helped me through this process after the therapy, the therapy was amazing. It was the best thing I did for me. After this, I joined Al Huda, alhamdulillah. And I began firstly before I speak about Al Huda, there are so many sisters that inspired me to have a relationship with the Book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Okay, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. Yeah. No, I I think you're what you're feeling is gratitude and just, you know, 
I think t- Jonathan needs to have tissues <laughs> in <the> studio sessions. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. He's running against the tissue. <laughs> at this point, Jonathan became a pro with the tissue box. I think from <laughs> now on, the tissue box thing. <laughs> I'm Thank screaming, you. Jonathan. He's actually the best. The best. We had the same situation. Law's episode, we were crying. He abs, I mean, ab- every, every episode is just crying. The fact that I made it this thus far. Yeah, you 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 did it. By the way, while I was married, when I had, I think when I had two of my daughters, I was a nunhood student at the time as well. Uh, The Quran held me up all these years. Is all I have to say. And when Hilal spoke, when Sister Lena spoke, I I was just thinking the Quran held me up too, just like it helped these women up. Doesn't it always? If you ask me, Hayab, what held you up all these years? Mm-hmm. Of course, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But the Quran, nothing held me up. Mm-hmm. So today I have nothing. I have nothing. But what I have, alhamdulillah, by Allah's mercy, is a relationship with the Quran. And, and I realize that if I don't use this as a means to cope, as a means to escape, what are you escaping into? What, mm-hmm. what do we do? in today's day and age, you know, to help to get over grief, you know, to get over hard times. You play a tune, you know? You, know, you play a fire. You don't play just any tune, sis. <laughs> we playing R&B, uh, Can You Stand the Rain. We're playing Jodeci. But we're not but, doing that. No, but we're, we're not doing that, We're not doing that, not doing that we're not but doing back that. then, yo, I was listening to some sad. That's how we were coping, you know? Exactly. It's, to, it's to play really depressing, sad music. Yep. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, when I think about that's it now, not it. It, that's not, it, it didn't that's actually not it. make you feel better. It, it just allowed you to soak in it. You know, like, Sam, yo, if I'm listening to Tyrese or, like, <laughs> or Keisha Cole, because Keisha Cole was known for the heartbreak music. Yep, yep, if I was just listening yep, to her, yep. I would just, it would just, <laughs> see, Hilal's in the studio right now <laughs> saying, hell yes, that's exactly, but alhamdulillah for, for, for <laughs> alhamdulillah for, you know, guidance. Yes. Because R&B music, it's is, not it, it. Ain't, it ain't it. It's it not, doesn't penetrate the heart. is it. It doesn't. doesn't. You, it's completely temporary. It's temporary. All those, that feeling that you have, that little, that, it's just temporary. Two seconds later, you're going to feel like, you know what? Right afterwards, you're going back to feeling like, you know what? Yeah, it's like a garbage. Garbage. Trash. Yeah. Absolute trash. But with Allah, with Salah, with the Quran, are you going to feel sad later on? Another time? Possibly, possibly. But let me tell you, you healed a little tiny bit though, in those moments. Mm. You healed in those moments. You know? That dua that you made, that sujood that you made, when that moment, that one page, the one ayah that you you read, it had an absolute effect on your heart and it had an absolute, it absolutely he- healed you. Just find this like absolute peace and serenity and calm with, with the Quran. If I can do it, wallahi, I see anybody else can do it. Me, hey, Abubu, like, yadamanda. If I could do it, <laughs> you can absolutely do it. If I made it through what I experienced, yeah. you can act. You just have to give Allah a chance. You have to give yourself a chance. One thing I don't understand is why we don't give ourselves a chance. Allah never doesn't fail you. He doesn't turn his back on you. You are the one that turns your back on Allah. You are the one that 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 lose that despairs. You are the, not not Allah. How many times do we see how many causes Allah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make to the most tyrant people in mm-hmm. the Quran? Mm-hmm. But if you turn back towards me, you know, but I am a ghafur rahim. You have to give yourself that chance because Allah is telling you mm-hmm. that his, 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 his mercy is above all things, above your sins, above your struggles. 
you know? And just having the understanding that we are going to meet Allah, that we are going to face Him, you know? That should be a sort of, that should make us realize that what you're experiencing right now, zero, zero. You know what's so funny? I just want to add this. I remember I was talking to my friend, Miss um, Mahan, shout out to Mahan, and she was telling me how, she was reflecting on Abby's episode, last week's episode, and she was saying how they were um, they were learning in the ayahs of divorce, and the and the the next ayah Allah says was don't abandon your salah. Or Allah talks about salah, like hold firm of your of your prayers. And Ismail was telling me she goes, I think Allah is telling us that when you go through heartbreak, the the not, the next thing that people struggle with is keeping their salah because they're so devastated. And that and He's telling you don't lose that connection with me. You need don't lose that connection with me. No matter how difficult things may be, don't lose this connection with me. The thing is, hardship is a is a is an illusion. It looks like it's something heavy, mm-hmm. and it, and it feels like it's gonna break you. I'll be with you. It feels like it's gonna break you. But the crazy part about hardship is is that when Allah says after hardship comes ease, if you really take it in, mm-hmm. ease is bigger than the hardship. Mm-hmm. Meaning, mm-hmm. like I'll give you an example, and you probably relate to this, right? Every the biggest one of the biggest hardships a woman will go through physically is yeah. childbirth, mm-hmm. right? Bro, like you and you can I've never given birth, but you've given birth <laughs> four times. It feels like death is <laughs> at your doorstep, does Absolutely. it not? Absolutely. Right? And you think, how am I going to even breathe yep. after this experience? Yep. But the ease that shocks me is that you're still willing to do it again. Like you forgot, you forget, you forget you about forgot it. You forgot the about hell it. you like went new. through mm-hmm. four times. They said, "Okay, I'm ready to have my fifth. Huh? Yep, yep, Since you, yep. you, you, you saw <laughs> death at your doorstep, and now you're okay with going back to that doorstep. Uh, yep. But Subhanallah, that's ease, right? Ease, that's how ease can be quantified. Mm-hmm, is that mm-hmm. it makes you forget about the hardship. So yep. how big mm-hmm. and how heavy mm-hmm. really is that hardship? Exactly. It's not even that. Matter of fact, it's, it 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 doesn't even weigh much mm-hmm. because if you compare it to ease, mm-hmm. bro, hardship was so minuscule that you you forgot it yep. so how yep. hard really was it yeah yep. and what and for me another another uh trait that i have is i i try to tell myself often that don't even accept ultimate ease in this world don't even ex- don't even you know ex- expect that you're going to have an easy life that don't even expect that don't even think that life is is going to be easy and it should be easy yeah, or we're entitled to easiness this is not yeah. jannah it, <laughs> this is not it jannah it isn't our final Stop trying to make this doing at your jannah Every rebird's dream is to get their family members to also accept Islam, right? Because when you know good, you want good for your family. Um, it's not always easy. Um, sometimes it's a long, long journey. Um, but you always remain hopeful. That just as Allah has guided you, he'll, gu- he'll guide them too. Yab was like, okay... I want my mom to become Muslim. My my sister has accepted Islam. I want my mom to accept Islam. But she knew she couldn't just tell her about Islam. She had to embody Islam. I was always a firm believer that the best way to give your family da'wah is to show them, and I say this to, to all my revert brothers and sisters, the best way to give them da'wah is by showing them that Islam, it makes you better. Period. Islam makes you a better person. You should not be ugly. Your attitude should not be ugly. Your 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 akhlaq should be a one, regardless of what what they say to you, how they treat you. Okay, and 
of course, you know, when you're a teenager and your mother's reaching, you know, menopause, there's a lot of things that you're going to bump heads on, right? But as I told you in my story, my mother was extremely, alhamdulillah, supportive to me. You know, my mother, she used to buy me halal meat, you know? Wow. Yeah. And um, she used to just, she used to do so much for me. My mother, subhanAllah, actually, she lived in Yemen and she speaks fluent Arabic. Um, she's been influenced by Muslims all her life. She's been aware of them in Islam. And like I told you, she's an extremely, you know, spiritual person. Um, in 2019, um, as supportive as she was to me, I saw that, you know, uh, I had to sort of slow down on the, on the dawah. You know, I had to sort of slow down on the on, on advising her in certain areas, on certain things. But, you know, some things that I did, for example, I would say, you know, why, you know, why call upon, you know, X, Y, Z when you can just call upon Allah? You know, and subhanAllah, over the years, she would, she stopped, like, she even stopped going to church and she stopped going to church because she's like, every time I go, you know, people would say things to me like, I'm not your mother. Like, do you not realize that I'm her mother? Like, you're talking about my daughter. You're talking about my daughter leaving Christianity, but you're talking about me, my daughter. And she was always to my defense, always to my defense. And she stopped going to church because one, she said, I could not deal with the people and how they treated me. And two, because I know that God, he hears me from my home, from wherever I am. So around 2019, I, I, we things, things got a little rocky between us, and I realized I had to slow down in the dawah that I was giving her. I slowed down, but my sister started to be very intrigued by Islam. She started to become very curious. You know, I would any questions she had for me, I'd give her an answer. I'd tell her. I'd, any questions she had for me, I'd give her an answer. And, um, you know, when she started to get really close to Islam, my mother, I remember she said, one day she said to me, she was like, you know, he have, as I told you, Adar, um, my sister, she's special and she has some developmental mm-hmm. delays. Mm-hmm. And my mom told me, she was like, you know, if um, if she becomes Muslim, you're taking care of her. You're going to be responsible for her. You're going to have to teach her everything. She's going to have to live with you. I said, okay, no problem. What's, the, what's wrong with that? And Qadr Allah, 2019 was also the year that I, I got divorced. So obviously I'm alone with my with my daughters. I could have my sister over as, as, for as long as I Qadr Allah. To, right? Qadr Allah. Alhamdulillah. And um and uh it just got to a point where like subhanAllah, this is something that has absolutely increased my iman and my faith in Allah. Someone that, you know, that special needs that her knowledge on life is so limited. Her understanding of this world is very limited, but she always understood that about she always understood Allah. Like that there was there was a God. There was a creator. Because my mom raised us upon this, essentially, right? She f- felt that she could not continue to be to not be Muslim. I just want to pray. You pray? I want to pray too. I just want to pray so badly. I just want to read the Quran like you read the Quran. I just want to... I also... I want to have a relationship with God too, just like how you have a relationship with Him. I said, okay. She was really scared of my mom, by the way, that mm-hmm. how my mother's going to... I told her, what are you talking about? Mom accepted me. She's like, yeah, but I don't know about me. Alhamdulillah, Qadr Allah... She took her shahada first. Oh, wow. And my mom accepted it. She didn't say anything. But what she said one day was, Hiyab, you know, when you and your sister go to Jannah, I'm going to hold on to your bias and fly to Jannah with you. <laughs> I said, SubhanAllah, mom, why? Why are you going to do that when you could just testify that Allah is one and no one has the right to be worshipped except for him and that the Prophet Muhammad, that the, the, the Prophet Muhammad is his final message. Why? You just testify these things. That's it. And um, a year went by, 2019 finished, 2020 came. My mother started to become, uh, you know, more inclined. She started to look at, she's in her 60s, her mid-60s, starting to look at, she's starting to understand, really become more and more introspective. And so um, Ramadan came last Ramadan. I told her, I said, Mom, you know, it's Ramadan. Like, khalas, like, you know, you've been learning. I've been answering your questions. You've been saying that you believe in God. 
now it's time for you to accept Islam. And she said, you know what? I believe in God. I believe that I should not worship any of the angels. Because as you know, in Orthodox Christianity, they worship eh, the angels and Isa. And, and she said, I know I shouldn't do any of that, but I but I don't know the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi I said, I said, you don't? She said, no. I said, okay, halas, we can learn about him. No problem. So we would we would read stories together. We would watch lectures together on YouTube. I would whenever I'm not home, and she says, "Oh yeah, what should I watch?" She would people would send her like Amharic lectures, uh, uh, Amharic lectures of the Seerah of the Prophet And one day she got to the story of Bilal Radhiallahu Subhanallah, and she came to me, opened the door, barging with tears in her eyes, and saying, "Yep, can you imagine being hugged by the Prophet?" And I was I was so confused. I was in the kitchen. I don't know if I was cooking or doing what. <laughs> and I said, uh, I had no words for her. And then she went back in her room. I was confused, okay? Yeah. She went back in her room. She came out. Eid came. She never wanted to spend Eid with us because she always would say, even with my sister and I, she would say, I'm not Muslim. And I would say, Mom, you can absolutely spend Eid with us. Last Eid was the first Eid that I spent with my mother, believe it or not. Wow. Not this past Eid, but tw- uh, 2020 Eid. Yeah. She wasn't Muslim that time. Summertime came after Eid, and uh, she'd started to, to develop a pain in her abdomen. And... um she was so she could not even walk move. We, I had to take her to the ER. She spent the day in the ER. She came back. They said there's nothing. We haven't found anything prior to th- prior prior to this even. She's been getting tested for a, a year at least for that pain yeah. that she's been having. But it just got very very it got worse now. Subhanallah. Mm-hmm. She came out of the emergency room that day. They told her your mom is fine. I put on a wheelchair. I took her back home. It was Maghrib time. I got home. I prayed Maghrib. I put my mom in her bed. She could not even walk. Her friends were coming over saying this is an evil thing. She can't walk. She can't move. She can't do anything. No. Your mom is one of the healthiest people we know. She's in her 60s, but she's one of the... How? This is evil. Her own non-Muslim friends would say, this is an evil thing that is upon her. We couldn't go to her job appointment. She said, mom, I, she said, here, but I need Quran. She said, I need someone to come in Quran for me. I said, okay, no problem. We could do it. Anything you want, we'll do it. She got up. She could not walk. I, I never seen my mom like this before. We brought her to the living room. She sat down. Two brothers came. Um, they came. She sat. They, she sat down. They sat down. They asked her, you know, about her situation, what happened. Da da da. They gave her the floor to sort of speak. She spoke, and um, she. I don't know how. She just started talking. She started talking about her pain. They started talking about Islam, and how you know, Hayab. She always wants me to accept Islam. She always, you know, even during Ramadan, she told me just to become Muslim, fast with us. I told her I wasn't ready, but now I'm ready. Did you know she was gonna say that? I did. I'm like. Ah! Like, <laughs> did you Boom. know she was gonna say that where did, it, where did that come from oh my god it came she was just going on these two, two brothers just sitting there ready to do their quran but now i'm ready subhanallah akbar. but i was crying <laughs> like i was just there like, <laughs> like sobbing, <laughs> sobbing. <laughs> i never thought this day would come i never i didn't even i did not even expect that came out of nowhere either wow she Immediately, she took her shahada in front of them. They they ate, they aided her in proclaiming her shahada and testif- making that testament, and um, they they read their, they read some Quran for her as well. They left. Adar, she got up off, off that sofa. You're lying. Wallahi. You're lying on she everything. She got up off the sofa. She just got up and started. She didn't just moving. get up. She didn't just get up. She got up. People people came to our home to hug her to greet her. People left. She was quite a, more active than I ever saw her prior, like a week before that. That whole week, she was not moving either. My sister and I, we carried her to the washroom once everyone once everyone left. We helped her do ghusl in the bathtub because she couldn't, she could barely move. So we put a chair in, we helped her. I showed her how to make ghusl. 
she came out of the shower like don't touch me to my me and my sister she's like don't touch me i'm coming out we're like no you're not mom you're not she was like don't touch me we put a chair outside of the bathtub she said i'll use the chair and come out on my own she we, we gave her a dira. she put a nice dira on she put a hijab on she came and she prayed with us bye <laughs> what the heck she was cured through tawheed I'm going to... I don't know what I'm going to do. Should I run outside? What should I do? I'm shocked. She literally could walk again. She could walk. And her friends even, they were saying, hey, I'm like... We never, when they came to visit her the next day, the one of them specifically, she couldn't believe it. She's like, hey, I swear to you. She was speaking to me in Amharic. She's like, I never thought I would see your mom walk. She's like, the way your mom couldn't even move without screaming and wailing. Subhanallah. She said, and that's that lady, may Allah guide her to Islam. She was like, I knew your mother needed prayers. She's like, I knew she needed prayers. And I'm happy that she sought, you know, the Quran and Islam for this because look, it healed her. Her non Muslim friend said this, you know. And it's like a huge testament for me, too, to like. To just never despair in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Like every Ramadan, like this was my number one dua. I didn't even, I, didn't, I don't even want to make dua for myself. I just want Allah to, I just wanted him to guide my mother into Islam. So I can, so I can walk into Jannah with her. So I can be in Jannah with the woman who, the woman who forced me to go to an Islamic conference. The one who, who inspired me to have a relationship. I didn't even know about God. I didn't even know about spirituality. I didn't even know about the importance of praying. I never prayed. What type of ga- Toronto gal? Who prays at sixteen? <laughs> who prays at sixteen? And nobody prays at sixteen. You know. Oh so God. how can I now? Ever, Allah He proved Himself to me. Yeah. You know, it's true. His word is true. His promise is true. You, we are the ones that just have to call upon Him. We just have to take one step to Him. That's all it takes. And for this, I'm so grateful, and and I, and I ask Allah to, you know, guide all of, you know, my friends and people I've come across the the the, the parents and the family members of those who are not those who are the, our Reaver brothers who do not have Muslim family. I ask Allah to guide their family, I mean, and I and I advise them to not despair in making du'a immense du'a to Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, you know. And and for my sisters who are divorced, I ask, I, you know, I advise you to not despair that Allah is there for you. He was always there for you when you were married. He was taking care of you. He you he gave you that risk, and he can, will continue to provide for you. And he will continue to be there for you. You just have to make yourself available to him you just have to open put your hands up you just have to bow down to him you just have to make sure that we worship Allah until what that which is certain it comes to us because that's all that matters in this dunya you got me crying in the club in here <laughs> literally crying in the club oh my god I think wow um yeah Jazakallah khair for sharing your you story. You are not go days off. You know, on this, I know, but, but you, you killed it. Gotta wrap it up. <laughs> no, we have to. I wish we could sit here for hours and just continue to reflect, but um, Jazakallah khair for sharing your story. It is one of my favorite stories. I think they're all my favorite stories. I say that all the time, but they really they're are. All, they're all. They all Absolutely. have something to share um, and something to speak into us. Absolutely. Um, and uh, I'm just literally crying. They always say, ladies first. So we will let the young ladies say the shahada first. You have another one? We have another one. Allah. Say Allahu Akbar. Allahu Akbar. Now, alhamdulillah. Please come, let both of you come forward. 
سيد الشهادة سيد أشهد أشهد أن أن لا إله إله إلا إلا الله الله وأشهد وأشهد أن أن محمد محمد رسول رسول الله 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 أكبر الله أكبر this episode is brought to you by Beautiful Light Studios. Shout out to Muna Sheikh Umar, our producer, our incredible producer. And I'd love to also give a shout out to all our sponsors that sponsored this episode. Again, may this be a heavyweight on you, Mizan. Allahumma ameen. I'll see you guys next Friday in your ear, in your speaker, telling you a good story. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.